game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Vegas works it around. It was a quick chance for Fraze set up by Kessel. Those two with the assist. Now the Oilers the other way. Scoring is Cleve Costin down the right side. He's done it again. Costin with his ninth. What a response by Edmonton. I mean, he just flat out picked it. What a shot by Clem Costin. Yanmark the play up the wall. Costin looked off Nugent Hopkins no. and buried it inside the goalpost. Clem Costin will not slow down. That turns out to be the game winner tonight in Las Vegas. The Oilers beat the Golden Knights 4-3. Third consecutive win for the Oilers. Jack Campbell, the goalie of record in all of them. And Edmonton continues to play very well on the road, 14-7-1 away from home. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hope you've had a great Saturday night. It's 11 o'clock along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers started quick in this game. Two goals in the first minute 42. Vegas was close most of the night, but they never tied it. And Edmonton able to put it away in the third period. Vegas you know, pressed but didn't have uh, a, a lot of grade A chances in the third period as the Oilers secured the victory. Well, Rob, Entertaining game. We were hoping this was going to be a good one, and I, and I thought it was a pretty entertaining game. Had, uh, you know, both teams played well offensively at times. Sure, there were mistakes, uh, but uh, a lot of action around both nets at times. I thought both goalies made some really good saves to uh, to, to keep it close or, or, in Campbell's case, to prevent Vegas from ever tying it up. But the Oilers ride that quick start to a pretty impressive victory tonight. They did, and it's something that uh, they've done the last three games now. They've gotten off to quick starts in the hockey game. Now, the, the Golden Knights don't fade away like the Ducks and the... And the Sharks did. The Golden Knights are a much better hockey club, so it turned into a game. But the start to the game was what won the Oilers the game tonight because the, the Golden Knights, as much as they kept trying to come back, they were never able to overcome falling behind too early in this hockey game. I thought the game was entertaining. Uh, I thought it was played with an intensity and an urgency that we didn't see in the last couple of games because both teams showed up tonight. And it was a game that I think sets the tone for, for the Oilers as the second half of the season moves on. The Oilers got a, you know, a couple tough games coming up against teams playing back-to-back. Then they got a couple games that they should win before their break here. The Oilers are not... I mean, everyone's talking about Oilers making the playoffs. The Oilers are not out of winning this division yet. And this was a big step towards that pulling within seven points of the Golden Knights. And the way they did it, I think, is the most important thing right now. The Oilers won it top to bottom. This wasn't on the back of their power play. This wasn't on the back of one goaltender stealing a point. It wasn't on Leon and Connor. This was a full team effort, and I think that will go a long ways for this Oilers team here in the second half. Well, and I think that's our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Everybody played. They they were rolling the lines in the third period. I mean, and of course, there was some leniency towards the better players. I mean, the ice time isn't totally even. Um, the couple guys didn't quite get to 10 minutes. Uh, Holloway at 9.24, Pugliarvi at 9.18. But you saw them out there. In the, f- in the in, third in, period. In, in the yeah. third period, in the last five minutes, Vinny Deharnay was out on defense in the in the second last shift of the game. Yep. Nurse and CeCe took the last shift, but Deharnay was out there in the last shift. So, so I really liked... I really liked seeing that from Woodcroft and the coaching staff saying we're all going to put this away. It's not going to be Leon and Connor for for half the period and everybody else gets a shift or two. Well, if the Oilers want to win a championship, and obviously that's their goal, and I do believe they have the pieces that can put them towards that goal, they can't win it on the back of four or five players. Uh, You might win a series. You might even win two, but when you get into the final four, you're not those that small group can't beat a true team and they're starting to see which players are capable of playing in big moments and tonight every one of them got the opportunity uh they 
in the last six minutes of the game, every single line got out there, every single player, and played well. They got pucks in deep. They did all the little things. The third period, Vegas was pushing. But as Jack said at the end of the game, they didn't get any grade-A scoring chances. The Edmonton Rollers did a really good job of, you know what, keep them to the outside, getting in shooting lanes, getting in passing lanes. And it was all of the players. It was the Ryans, the Pugliarvis, the McLeods, Fogles. Every single player did something in the third period that helped the Oilers win this hockey game. All right. And we got to talk about Clem Costin again. He, he's... He scores what turns out to be the game winner. Uh, Costin winds up with uh, being plus two, plays 17-36. That was his only shot on goal, credited with a couple of hits. Didn't get anywhere near to the eight and a half. I set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it for combined shots on goal and hits. So Jennifer took the under and gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. But, uh, you know, we were asked when he came in, well... Does he stay in the lineup when they're healthy? And we said, oh, yeah. And, and then lately we've said, well, he's, he's obviously in the top nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, some nights he's one of the top four or five uh, forwards on the team. Well, he, he's a different maker. Uh, and, and I think he's something that the Oilers have been desperately needing for a number of years. Uh, the one thing that we heard a lot of at the beginning of the season with the Oilers is their bottom six wasn't hard enough to play against. Uh, well, they are now. And a big reason is cost and, and, and Yanmark to an extent. Uh, they're good on the forecheck. They're physical. Uh, they'll stand up for teammates. They've, they've still got a skill set that allows them to be productive offensively. But Costin is, he's appreciating his opportunity. And he knows what the other side looks like. He knows what it's like to be a healthy scratch, wondering if my, this is the end of my career, wondering where am I going to be next year? Where am I going to be in the minors? Am I going to be somewhere else? So he's taking full advantage of every chance he gets out there, and he plays every shift as though it might be his last. And that's something that uh, you appreciate. And the Edmonton Oilers are a better team since Costin has come into the lineup, and he gives them that third line. And that is something that the Oilers have been desperate to have, and they have that now. They have a true third line that they feel comfortable both defensively and offensively, and Costin's a big part of it. And I'm going to make the other member of that third line the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail, Matthias Yanmark. So he was generally the forward double-shifting in the third period because the Oilers (laughs) had 11 forwards, and they were trying to play everybody, so somebody's got to get out there a little bit extra. He scored on a breakaway to get it started 45 seconds into the game. He's had three breakaways. Of all the people you'd pick to have three mm-hmm. breakaways in the last two games, it was Yanmark, and he finishes with a goal and an assist tonight. He's uh, plus two with three shots on goal, played 18-58. Yeah, he, he was good. And again, the Oilers came in against a good Vegas team, so you want to get off to a good start. Well, can't get off to a much better start than scoring on a breakaway in the first minute of the hockey game. And Yanmark, again, shows he has hands. Uh, He's contributing. And you can see that they've taken pride, the three of them, Nugent Hopkins, Costin, and Yanmark in their game, in in both ends, on getting pucks in deep and playing the game the right way. And they're reading off each other too. And last game when Yamamoto didn't play, was that last game or two games ago? Is he set out? You set out these last yeah. two. Yeah, so last game when he didn't get in the lineup, they didn't break up that line. They they moved Derek Ryan from the press box to play with Connor McDavid because they like what the third line is doing. They didn't want to mess with it. And when Kane and Yamamoto come back, they will be slotted in in their top six. There will be nothing changed with the third line because it's played so well. All right, so the Oilers beat the Golden Knights 4-3. Let's go to the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. It's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Like a coach likes to see, I would think. Yeah, and uh, without being under siege, yeah, yeah. Um, without taking a foot off the gas, I think we just played our game in that third period. It's a credit to our players. We talked a lot about um, continuing what we were doing to build the lead, making sure that their defense had to go back and fetch pucks and uh, work through five of us in order to get back to our end. So, um, you know, I thought it was a really competitive, entertaining hockey game. There's some moments we'd like to have back in it on the defensive side but 
um, you know, for the most part, I thought we controlled most of that game. Did you feel like that was a four line? You gotta yeah. have. You're not gonna beat this team because they're deep. You're probably not yeah. gonna beat them with three guys. You need a four line game, and you had that tonight. Yeah, I thought. And you know what? We're, we dressed 11 forwards, so we're just kind of, you know, picking and, and spotting people through and stuff like that. But I thought we got contributions from all, all of our 11 forwards. I thought the 70 um, in different ways affected the game tonight. Uh, I thought it was a mindset that's going through our group. Um, you know, and I think it's been there since post-Christmas. Uh, you know, if you want to single some people out, how about the game Matthias Janmark played? And I'm not just talking about the goal, but the energy that he played with. Um, you know, I saw Clem Costin diving in front of shots. I saw Derek Ryan uh, working back on a penalty kill to negate a, 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 a sure goal at our net. Um, you know, I saw Leon Dreisaitl get, uh, you know, a finish check on their best defenseman in Peter Angelo. I saw Nugent Hopkins. You know, so when we have that type of uh, competitive will about the team, I think it's contagious. And, um, you know, we're starting to see some results. So this is a big trip. The first game goes sideways. Yep. And then you come up with six of eight points. I mean, yeah. That's a pretty solid rebound. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And I thought, um, you know, you said it. Uh, the first game didn't go our way. I actually thought five on five, we did a lot of really good things in that game. It was our penalty kill that needed to get touched up. It did get, uh, you know, some work uh, the next day in Anaheim. I thought we've seen some results since that. Um, you know, there were just moments we could be better. But, you know, we've we've pieced three in a row here together. Um, now it's about going back home, getting a little bit of rest here, getting a good practice in, and start attacking, um, you know, the record at home. Uh, it's time. Uh, everybody knows that. Um, you know, that's an area that we can be better. Uh, we want to bring our simple, straightforward, direct road game back to home ice for the best fans in the world. So Bayernet comes in and you're, you know, you're not sure what to expect. You're just hoping he doesn't fall on his face. And he turns out like three really good games. He's vicious around his own net. Well, you might not <laughs> know what to expect. The co coached him for th okay. three years. Um, and, and Dave Manson's been around him. We had a clear understanding that the real question was what type of impact could he have at this level versus the best players in the world. Um, but in terms of his work ethic, his attention to def uh, detail defensively, um, you know, just little things like his, his box outs and, and getting inside position. He's a big man. In, in, in the American League, we call them uh, the seaweed man because uh, players have to swim swim through seaweed to get to our net. And um, you know, he's, a, he's a very likable uh, kid. Um, he lays it on the line every night, and uh, he gave us a contribution tonight to help us win. That's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 4-3 win over the Vegas Golden Knights. So Edmonton now 24-18-3 on the season. The Golden Knights 28-14-2. Oilers 0-for-1 on the power play tonight. Vegas goes 0-for-2. Uh, As we were talking about, you know, a lot of Oilers showed well tonight, worked hard, and he was asked about Vinny DeHarnay. I liked how Woodcroft put that. You have to swim through seaweed. <laughs> To get to the net, Deharnay tonight uh, took a penalty, plus one, plays 12:45, couple of shots on goal, and I I, I thought he, he I mean I, I know they're pro hockey players, they love what they do, but he really looks like he's enjoying oh. playing in the NHL. I mean he and he's he played the first two games. There wasn't a lot from Anaheim and San Jose. No. I thought he thrived a little bit more in this game. Yep. And, I mean, he's going to be a depth defenseman re regardless, I think, of, of how long he winds up playing in the NHL. But he looked a little meaner tonight. I agree. Uh, he's a big man, and he gets in the way. And he showed a little bit of the, the meanness tonight. It was guys trying to get to the front of the net. They, I mean, that is a big man to go around. And he talked about seaweed, swimming through seaweed. I mean, think about it. He's six foot, almost six seven. Without reach, big strong man. You're a forward trying to get to the net. Like you, you can't go around him because to go around him, you actually got to take a big wide berth. And by the time you get around him, the play's already dead, or you go through him. 
Well, he, he's a monster. Uh, well, here's here's a question for you right now. The, the Oilers say they get Yamamoto and Kane back one of the next two games. That means they have to pull out one forward for sure. They're probably going to start going 12 and six. Is Deharney out of your lineup? Well, probably because I don't think they're going to. Okay, nurse. no, I'm not saying what they're going to do. Is he out of your lineup? Because w- I don't what, know. What does Deharney do? He does all the things that the Oilers have been looking for in the back end. He's the type of defenseman that they keep saying they need to trade for. But if he goes up to 17 or 18 minutes, is he as effective? Does it, but he won't. The, the Oilers third pairing doesn't play 17, 18 minutes though. They play about 15, 14. And he was almost there already. Yeah, I mean, he almost played as much as Bouchard tonight. That's what I mean. Yeah. And in the last two minutes, or last two shifts of the game, which right-handed defenseman was on the ice? No, that's fair, a fair comment. Yeah. No, easy. I mean, and Nima Leinen's still around. Yeah, he'll probably be sent back right away, I would imagine. Yeah. I, I, Deharnay's an interesting one. And, and there were a couple times tonight, I mean, he's got sort of semi-beat, but he recovers with his reach. I mean, oh, yeah. You said, like, he will just throw his stick out as far as it can so then like you said a, a guy can't really get by him no you're right well and here's what you the oilers need toughness on the back end and we've been talking about that for all season long and everyone's been clamoring about who to trade for well trades aren't going to be easy to find that because every team that feels they have a chance is going to be looking for that as well do you not give this kid a, sh- a chance okay we're going to play you in a, in a number of games against big teams teams that were going to be play, playing in the playoffs. The reason DeHarnay looked good against Vegas Golden Knights, they are a big, heavy team. And they were missing some of their heaviness tonight, but they're a big, heavy team. You want to be able to match that heaviness. And that's why a guy like DeHarnay, now again, it's only three games. It's just, uh, we're just seeing a little blip of what he's capable yeah. of doing. But to know whether you need to go out and get that, and to get it, you're going to have to move money around or do you already have it on a very, very inexpensive contract? Well, that's the thing. If you can solve problems internally, that's that's the best. So right? that's why I'm saying, again, is DeHarnay give you something that you need, and instead of looking elsewhere, you've got it already here? Yeah. Well, I, I guess I'll put it this way. At no point in the last three games if, if, if did I think, oh, okay, he's just overmatched. He looks inexperienced. There's going to be tough moments, of course, yeah. like for, for any defenseman. But, no, he's, he's, he's kind of fun to watch because, as we've said, you can't miss him. Oh God! No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that the, the 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 kid that ran over Leon tonight. Who was it? Cola Colson? Colasar. 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 He ran over Leon. Leon does not get knocked down very often. Colasar ran him over. Later in the game, in front of the net, Dearnay and Colasar came together, and it was like me and my son when we used to have the father-son hockey games. Me holding his front of his shirt, just ragdolling him around. That's how big Dearnay is. He made that Colasar look little. He is a monster of a man. And just think when you start playing him on the penalty kill. Uh, last, as we saw tonight, last two minutes of a hockey game, when players are trying to get to the net, he just, uh, he's a mountain that you have to get around. Now, I'm not saying he's the answer. I'm just saying, do you watch to see if this is something, you have something going forward, or do we still have to go find another piece elsewhere? Oilers win 4-3 in Vegas. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline provided by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We have Dwayne standing by. Hi, Dwayne. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just wondering why all our coaches seem to morph into the same type of coach. Like when Woodcroft came in, he was playing all the lines kind of equally, and everybody felt like part of the team. Like... Now, tonight is a perfect example of how everybody works together. Uh, the, the top players like seeing the, the lesser players uh, con- contribute, and the lesser players feel better about themselves com- contributing. Well, so I, don't, I would call went away from that, and he's, he's, he's turning into a Dave Tippett, basically. Well, well, one of the reasons, A, is a lot of the games early in the season, the Oilers were down. And when the Oilers get down in games, all coaches fall in love with their best players. And when you've got the two best players in the world, you start playing them over and over. The last three games on this road trip, the Oilers have had leads. So it's much easier to throw all the players out to hang on to a lead. It's easier to ask a player to go out there and not get scored on 
than it is to ask a player to go out there and score a goal, especially if they're your bottom six players. Now, I agree. I think for this team to be successful, they've got to go top to bottom. You've got to run all the players. But the coaches before, and when the Oilers, and the Oilers for a number of years have been notorious slow starters, falling behind in hockey games. And when they fall behind, then all of a sudden you've got Connor and Leon and Kane and Hyman and Nuge, and you just start running them out, sometimes too much, yes, but that's why. Oilers win 4-3 tonight. Just one short. They needed an empty netter for the Japanese Village goal light. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn that on on 630Ched.com. Allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. All right, if you're on hold, we're going to get to you. You're also going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl, Matthias Yanmark, and Zach Hyman on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime. Overtime open line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Olafar from behind the net, dribbled out in front, cleared by Costa, but not out. And now to the bench goes Thompson. Six on five. Petrangelo fires it. Short side. Campbell there to squeeze. Jack Campbell gets the victory, 27 saves on 30 shots tonight. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. The Oilers win their third straight, 4-3 over the Golden Knights. Two goals for Dreisaitl. He has 26. Yanmark gets his fourth. Costin gets his ninth. Connor McDavid with an assist tonight. Zach Hyman with a couple of helpers as uh, the Oilers continue to be very, very good on the road, 14-7-1 away from Rogers Place. They're back home to play the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday. The Kraken have won eight straight. We'll give you the full scoreboard in a few minutes. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Alan standing by. Hi, Alan. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm just going uh, to mention uh, uh, two things. Uh, one I'd like to say about uh, goaltending in Edmonton. Uh, uh, tonight I watched Campbell, and, uh, you know, when the puck is to his, say, to his right, he's, he's in his zone. He's in. Uh, behind the goal line, he's he, he's he's in the blue paint. He's guarding the post, but when he watches it go out, he stays in the blue paint, and and the reaction isn't there. Like I don't know how, I don't know how tall he is, but why not move and stand up? And and because he get he gets, it seems like all the goalies and everything get beat because they don't read and react. And that that's that's my first point. The other one. I wanted to say, I don't know if you didn't watch the Calgary game, but uh, uh, there was a, a goal that was disputed for two and a half minutes, and uh, uh, Huberdor ca- caught it in, his, in like a right fielder. And it, if you counted 1,001, 1,001, 1,003, he put his hand on the puck. It wasn't offside. It doesn't matter whether it was offside. He, he closed his fist on the puck. And the referees, of course, and and the situation room called it like it's a goal. Well, it's not a goal. He closed his hand on the puck. I don't understand the rule. Well, if I, I didn't see it, but all players, when they when a puck is up in there, they all close their hand on it and put it to the ice. The refs will allow That's that as long as you bring it down straight from up high and you bring it down in front of you. They won't let you carry it forward. They won't let you hold on to it to go around someone. But every single player, when the puck is in the hand, up in the air, they grab it, they close their hand on it, and they bring it down to the ice. That's a penalty. Yeah, but it's, they, everyone does it. You, know, you never see a puck go in the air where a guy hits it, where he slaps at it. You always grab it and bring it down. They, I played... It's been, I don't know, I started in 1986 or 87 was my first year pro, and you've been able to do that since then and before that. You've always been allowed to grab the puck and put it to the ice in front of you. But you're, Alan, you're saying, like, he, the guy, I didn't see the game either, but he, he, you're saying he skated with it? He, he, he caught it in, in Which mid-air. player was this? Huberto. Oh, Huberto. Caught it in midair. Yep. Put it down. Yep. They, they were, the dispute was whether it was offside. Yeah, but you, offside you're, again, was, as long was. as he doesn't skate with it, you're allowed to catch the puck, grab it in your hand, and put it on the ice. You'll see it every well, game it'll happen. Well, there's no chance that you can't move in hockey that was, he didn't move. But he, anyway, the, the, the call should have been a penalty for for closing his hand on the puck. That, yeah, but they, they, they don't All right, guy, I'm not, we're not talking about something that happened to the flame. I mean, who cares? Flames fans. Well, then they can call Steinberg. 
780-496-0063. Uh, we'll get to more calls in a second here. Uh, Julian Dreisaitl scored twice tonight. Here he is. So you guys turned a good trip into a great trip uh, I think we're finding finding our game a little bit, finding finding our identity as a team, and um, I think guys individually are starting to slot into where um, they're most successful, and, and that obviously goes a long way. So um, yeah, it was good good effort again. Uh, I think we've been playing some good hockey lately. So uh, yeah, just got to continue that. To put this on the back of the other two. Yeah, for sure. This is always a tough building to play in. Uh, the momentum swings seem a little, uh, yeah, a little higher here than, than any other rink, maybe. Um, but uh, I thought we played a really, really good third period. Uh, Supi standing tall in there is really good again. So, um, yeah, that's that's a recipe for success. It takes four lines to beat this this team. Like their fourth line is a hard line to play against. They come at you with all their guys. Vegas isn't a team you're going to beat very often with six guys or eight guys, right? You had a full team effort. Yeah, for sure. That's that's most teams, though. Um, if you watch our last two wins before this one, uh, it was it was four lines going, too. So, um, yeah, if, if you have four lines going, uh, you get a great chance of, of, of winning. So, um, again, this is a good team um, that, that we played tonight, but obviously, uh, yeah, we're, we're a really good team as well, so, and, and, and it's, it's coming. Just to get two goals in 57 seconds, yeah, really big. Uh, obviously, with having played last night, and again, um, you know, a team knowing that and, and aware of that, they obviously want to jump on us. So uh, I thought we, we handled it really well. Starts used to be the one killed this team three straight games or two nothing. That's always it's always easier. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, but it's it's always easier to play with the lead, right? Um, you know, we don't we don't to start the year we never planned on you know going down early in, in every game uh, just seemed to happen that way so um, we've been we've been digging in lately from 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 the get-go and um, you know it's showing up for, you, for yourself you had like a stretch of seven games with four goals and now it's four and three is that the shooter's luck or are you feeling better or? Uh, yeah I feel a little better um, obviously a little, a little frustrated with uh, not hitting the spots that um, you know that that I'd like to hit but um, yeah you know that's that's just the way it goes. Sometimes sometimes they they go in, other times they don't. And, um, yeah, just gonna continue to to pick spots and and, and fire away. You gotta keep up with them constantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, Costin. Well, I mean, what a story. He's up to nine goals on the year. Dry settles up to uh, 26. Batted one out of the air. It bounced and then went up and eluded Logan Thompson. And then he scored on a two-on-one with Darnell Nurse in the second period. Kept it from the right side and fired it in as the Oilers beat Vegas 4-3. Every time the Oilers score, it's a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Total for the season, 16400 Hundred dollars. All right, we'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert is standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well, uh, I have a question for Rob, and uh, and it and it just kind of this kind of refers to more or less uh, the game tonight. But I guess it's uh, like, uh, are you seeing uh, are you seeing the same thing that I'm seeing, and that is is that the Oilers. It seems now more, at least the last few games, I don't know what I mean, San Jose and, I mean, San Jose and the Ducks are bad, we know that, but, you know, but, but I mean, like it, it, it seems to me like uh, the Oilers, when they get a two-goal lead, at least the last few games, they seem, they seem to be looking a little bit more composed and showing a little bit more of that bend but don't break mentality because, I mean, tonight we get up two, McDavid gets a breakaway, we score three nothing, who knows, but, you know, I mean, Thompson makes the save, stays two nothing. Vegas hangs around all night, but the Oilers just, to me, they just, they just look more composed with the lead tonight than they have in like. Well, at home, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, they, they, yeah. there's a little bit of two different teams going yeah, on here. Yeah, the Oilers have gone through stretches where they've played very well, where they've had the lead and they've shut teams down the op uh, over as the game moved on. And there's been stretches where the Oilers have not looked good defensively. I thought. I mean, the last two games, to me, the Oilers did what they were supposed to do. They came in and beat up bad teams. But tonight was a good hockey club. 
and it was a good hockey game. And when they got the lead, the Vegas Golden Knights pushed, but the Oilers didn't bend. And I know that Leon talked about it and the coach talked about it. To me, the biggest thing about tonight's game was the way the players played, all of them and the way the coach employ, uh, used the players. He went top to bottom. There would be sh games that we've seen in the past where Jesse Pugliarvi wouldn't get a shift in the third period, or Holly wouldn't, Holly, Holloway wouldn't get a shift with in the last 25, 27 minutes of the game. I mean, tonight he had uh, DeHarnay, uh, a call-up, 26-year-old call-up from, from the AHL who's in his third ever NHL game. He played with a minute and a half to go in a game they're winning by one against you know, arguably the best team in the Western Conference through the first half. So that's the biggest thing about tonight's game is, and Leon talked about, players are being slotted in where they can have success. And I think that's huge going forward that a player knows what his role is. Here's what you, we need, here's what we expect, and here's what you have to do each and every night if you want to stay in the lineup. And then it becomes up to the player and how, what he does to decide if he's whether he stays in the lineup or not. So I think that that's the biggest thing. I, I, this is a trend. The others are going, trending well right now. But the thing about the National Hockey League is it can turn quickly, and the Oilers haven't banked enough points yet in the standings for them to turn and go the opposite way. Oilers win 4-3 over Vegas. They will host Seattle on Tuesday. The Kraken have become the first team in NHL history to sweep a road trip of seven games or longer with an 8-5 win over the Blackhawks. They've won eight in a row overall as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Lightning beat the Blues 4-2. That Flames game was a 6-5 win for Calgary. The Avalanche take it to the Senators 7-0. Islanders beat the Canadians 2-1. Blue Jackets knock off the Wings 4-3. Philly wins 3-1 in Washington. The Bruins over the Maple Leafs 4-3. Late goal there for Boston to win it. Hurricanes take down the Penguins 2-1. Panthers beat the Canucks 4-3. Wild over the Coyotes 2-1. And the Sabres win 5-3 in Nashville. The Oil Kings have to settle for a point tonight. They lose 4-3 in overtime to Prince Albert. The Oilers farm team also settling for a point. Bakersfield loses 4-3 in a shootout to Tucson. NFL playoff San Francisco Pulls away from Seattle in the second half to win at 41-23. And in the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history, Jacksonville erases a 27-0 second quarter deficit and wins on a last play field goal 31-30 over the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the Jacksonville quarterback, threw four touchdowns and four interceptions. The best part is he threw the four interceptions first, and you got then the bad threw, stuff out of the way. Got it out of the way, and <laughs> and it's funny, and it, it it kind of relates to hockey too. Is in that game, uh, the Chargers with the lead took a couple dumb penalties, yep. and one of the penalties, a player threw his helmet, took his helmet off. He was mad at the ref, threw the helmet, got himself a penalty, and because he got the penalty, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars went for two points instead of one point uh, after the touchdown. That allowed them, when they went for the field goal at the end of the game, to kick for the win instead of for a tie. And it's in all sports. You cannot put yourself ahead of your team. And Bosa for the Chargers put himself ahead of his team, and it cost his team, and they are out of the playoffs. All right, back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Noah. Hi, Noah. Thanks for calling. Yeah, um... Uh, three quick points I want to make here. It looks like we fixed the problem of, uh, you know, being slow off the start. That's looking pretty good. Um, second thing, um, we're getting action from everywhere. I like seeing that. You know, we're looking like the opposite of my Toyota truck. We're firing on all cylinders right now. Jeez. Um, <laughs> How old's your truck? <laughs> uh, it's a 94. But I've rolled it once. Um, anyways... Um, and the other thing I wanted to say, um, Jack Campbell's looking pretty good right now. He's really stepping up while uh, Skinner's gone at home with his family here. Um, I am a goalie, not a very good one, but I think maybe his new gear is helping him. Did you did you understand what the previous caller was saying? Uh, well, I think he was saying he needs to 
you know, maybe stand out a little more, like get out of the paint. But okay. well, okay. I thought, here's one. I mean, as a goalie, whether you're a good one or a bad one, it, it, no, he's talk, a good one. Yeah, no, no he's a good goalie. No, this guy right here. I'm a bad yeah, one. Yeah. Talk. He just said he was a bad goalie already. No, 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 is a good goal. Oh, but no, it, it, uh, confidence-wise, sometimes a hockey player will change his stick, change the way he tapes it, get new gloves when things aren't going well. As a goaltender, new equipment, just a new fresh, uh, just you just feel different. If things aren't going right, get new equipment, feel different in the uh, in the net. Do you think that could be possibly why? I think that's helping him. Yeah. Yeah, it's all a mental thing. And it's worked well, and good on Campbell. I mean, he's a guy that the players love having on the team and started off poorly for the season, but uh, they they needed him in these last three games, and he's been very, very good. Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk yeah. to you later. Yeah, keep, take care of that truck. It's a 94. 94, the fact that it's, it's still running. 30 years old. Good on, good on that truck. Good on Noah. <laughs> oh, didn't need an arc. He needed a truck. Oh, wow, that's a biblical reference right there. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Oilers win 4-3 over the Golden Knights. A couple more of your phone calls, uh, and we'll go down to the Oilers dressing room for more reaction. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Off the faceoff against McDavid, who won it back to CeCe. Hard rim kept in by Haig. Trying to go between the wicket, Stevenson broken up, McDavid up the boards, just out of the reach of Zach Hyman, who with two assists tonight, he's up to 47 points on the year. Hard hit by Drysaddle, stung Petrangelo. I think you're on to something, Bob. Yep. The Bear is awoken. Yeah, the Oilers got after Petrangelo uh, two or three times tonight. That's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Well, he's a big part of the the Golden Knights on the back end, especially without Theodore in the in the lineup. And every chance you have to be physical on him, be physical on him. I mean, we saw Drysdale a couple times early in the game. They took healthy runs at him. Uh, it's that's good hockey that's smart hockey go after the other team's best players don't take penalties but certainly be physical and make sure they know it's going to be a long night Oilers win 4-3 in Vegas two assists for this guy Zach Hyman how big was it to get those two goals right off the bat in a couple minutes in this building yeah this uh, hard building plan it's a uh, it's a fun one to plan it's loud uh, energetic and uh, yeah I think this whole trip we've we've got off to good starts and it was nice to continue that Still things turning a little bit Yep. Just maturing. I think it was just uh, probably our best third period to close out a game. Um, thought that we didn't sit back. We were, we were pressing and, uh, and we were defending well. We were breaking out well. So I think that uh, that's encouraging for sure, especially against a really good team that was pushing. You guys, sometimes you win games because the top line wins a game for mm -hmm. you. This wasn't one of those games. It's nice. To, it's a good sign to come in a tough building, yeah. win a game where you get depth scoring, you get four lines going. 100%. It's been like that all trip, right? So it's been uh, it's been extremely important to get everybody involved. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's just uh, it, it makes the team come together, right? When everybody's contributing, uh, uh, you feel good for everybody. And uh, just it's real positive around the room. So just a, a great final three games of the trip for us uh, to you know, get things going, you know, going back home where we got to figure it out. Janmark has four goals this year, only against teams he used to play for. Nah. How do you figure that out? I was playing against teams he used to play for, right? So <laughs> we should keep them. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny stat about Yadbark, uh, who uh, scored on a breakaway 45 seconds into the game. Good pass up there by Barry. Uh, really nice play. Uh, the Oilers try to stretch the zone sometime. We saw they found McDavid on a break. It was funny when, so if I would have told you before the game, the O's are going to get a couple breakaways in the first five minutes. Yan Mark and McDavid. Uh, which guy you pick and be right. the guy that scored? Uh, but yeah, no, it was a, a Barry found found a seam and he found a passing lane and good on Yan Mark jumping in there, and a huge goal for the Edmonton Oilers at that point uh, on the road. Good team. It's always better to start with the lead. All right, we got Big Bad Joe standing by. Joe, go ahead. Hey, you guys. How are you guys doing? Good. First, I'd like to say, from, you know, we as Edmonton Oil fans, we are blessed with having uh, you and Rob after the games because, man, you guys are just excellent. 
But what I like to say about this farm with uh, Campbell, that's, and, and it's not a knock on Skinner, but that Skinner got called home, Campbell knew he has to step up. And you know what? I think it was the best best thing that could happen to Campbell, that uh, Skinner had to go home to be with his wife, because I think he has his game back, you guys. That, that, that's all that I have to say. Well, he was good. I mean, I think the last two games, the goalie's job is maybe not to lose it as much as to win it. But, uh, I mean, tonight he, he had to make uh, – he had to be solid. Yep. He gave them a quality start. And the Oilers are a better team if they have options in net, if they know that they can put either guy in and they can get a victory. And Campbell – uh, it would have been tough for him. He came Your here with high expectations, came up here expecting to be the starter, and, and this is a team that had Stanley Cup thoughts, and things did not go right. And there's a lot of media, a lot of social media. He was more or less relegated to the bench for a long period of time, but he kept a positive attitude. He talked about the fact that he was working on his game, he was going to be better, and he's come back here and he's played better. So uh, he'd cheer for him. And who's to stay by playoff time that maybe he is the guy that is the goalie at that time but I think the Oilers when you have guys in the the forwards and you guys in the defense that are pushing each other making them better because uh, if if I outplay you I get to play well the same thing should be in net they have to push each other you have a friendly rivalry a friendly competition and it only makes the team better if they've got two good goalies 4-3 the Oilers win it we'll go back to the certainty hotline it is Mike Mike thanks for staying up what's on your mind Nothing much, guys. How are you doing? Good. <clears throat> I was just wondering, um, when they send a guy down to the minors, does their cap hit come off the books? Yes. Well, there's oh, okay. a okay. Yes and no. There's a certain amount that's always against the cap. So if you sent like a twelve million dollar guy down, you only get so much relief. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, 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 my real question is, what do you guys think the Oilers are going to do when uh, Kane gets healthy to get cap compliant? Well, that's a good question. It is, and I, I, I don't follow the cap as well as other do, others do, but I know that Bob's referenced it three or four times in the last couple of days because Kane is getting close to coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sh- I mean, I know that other teams in the league have had to carry 21 players. They, they might have to go so, with fewer guys. So they're probably just so have to carry. So who goes down? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, uh, well, it's it, back down, right? Well, I don't well, see The shore is scratched, right? Yeah, Nima Linen might not might go down now. It would it would have to be someone I mean, like you have Sh- to wave someone like Fogel. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's well, Shore would go down first, would you not think? I mean, he doesn't play. Oh, sure, but if you got to get down right to twenty guys, yeah, possibly. I, yeah, I know. It, that, well, the reason that the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Yan Mark, started the season in the minors is cap problems. And yeah. it wasn't if it wasn't for injuries, what we've seen out of Yan Mark on the third line, we wouldn't have seen. So the Oilers do have some some cap issues, and they're going to have well, to get creative. How, how, how good has that third line been looking since they put it together? It's with been Eugene excellent. Hawkins. Well, yeah, like, like Costin, Costin plays better on that line than he did the two games he got with McDavid, oddly yeah, absolutely. enough. Absolutely. Well, because he belongs on the third role. Like, yeah, he role, does. Right? It allows yeah. him to play his role. And, yeah. I mean, Costin has nine even-strength goals on the season. Even like, strength, like that—that—that's huge for yeah. a third-line player on the Edmonton Oilers. Like, well, he, well how, yeah, like, and I—I I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of him, but I'm guessing on the season. Well, actually, I'm going to see right away how much Costin's playing on the season. He's averaging 10 minutes a night. He's got nine even-strength goals, averaging 10 game or 10 minutes a night, and he has only played in 28 games. So he's all about two-thirds of the game. So like, that's production. When's the last time you saw a third-line player for the Edmonton Oilers? play like that like it's been forever dave, I dave can, hunter I can remember dave well, Humley? <laughs> i'm not sure uh, yeah i mean it's been a while yes <laughs> yeah i mean uh i mean the last they've been in the playoffs the last three years but they, i wouldn't say they had a great third line nope yeah no like this one looks great and so what my my other question is is dry do you guys think he's hurt yes like i don't yes. understand yes yeah. I th- that, that, I, that's why they're putting him with mcdavid um, well, I think they put him with McDavid today because they were fiddling with the lines around with 11 forwards because they did yeah. have sh- shifts with other guys. I, 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 I'm not going to say he's injured because he's been playing, but I don't think he's, he's as close to 100% as he would like yeah. to be. He referenced the high ankle sprain earlier in the year mm-hmm. and how long that takes to recover. 
I, I had Manny Arsenal on my show last night from the Elks. He missed a bunch of time with a high ankle sprain, and he said I sooner would have broken it. Yeah, oh, every, I've had and, it too. It, it doesn't it doesn't heal and, properly. And, and then plus Dreisaitl missed, uh, which games did he miss? He missed two games. Just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the easiest way to see with, with Leon, in Leon would go two, three years without him getting knocked off a puck, falling down. He is. He and Connor are so sturdy on their their feet that they can absorb punishment without going down. In the last seven games, I've seen Leon Drysdale get hit and fall five or six times. It happened again tonight. I mean, it was a big hit by Colasar tonight, but yeah, Leon absorbs those usually and stays on his feet. So to me, that means he's not 100% because normally it, it, he's a bull and you can't knock him down. So he, I mean. He's much better than 99% of the league at 70%. But, yeah, I don't agree. I don't think he's 100% right now. Yeah. So if he is compromised, do you think uh, the Oilers, like, when they go looking for trades, if they should be looking at another center? Um, no, I, I, think yeah, I, don't have, know. I think they have bigger issues. I, I, I just... Maybe you, they'd look for somebody who could play center, but... I mean that, but that center is not going to take Drysaddle's spot anyway. No, 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 not take Drysaddle, not take Drysaddle, spot. But like, I was just thinking, you know what happened when they brought Duncan Keith in, right? Like, just I don't know, maybe that presence in the locker room and that that uh, that pedigree that he has. I, I thought that brought something to the Edmonton Oilers. I was just thinking, like maybe a guy like Jonathan Taves. I know he's got a huge. Oh, I would. Yeah, oh, I, I would love that. Well, and I said before, I'd rather have Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, just because I yeah. think that's the type of player they need more than they need Kane. 100 percent well like, if you look at like a lot of teams that cap. yeah well oh, cap it i don't think they can get them but yeah. a lot of teams uh, that feel they have a chance to win stanley cups look at the players they like getting at the deadline it's additions of veteran players with stanley cup experience mm-hmm. guys that are when they walk in the dressing room you're like oh did you see him that's so and so like people automatically look up to i think that is an important piece that the others would love to have but there are a lot of teams right now that feel there. I think this year, especially out west, I think there's nine teams, ten if the Blues got healthy, that honestly feel that they could win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I was just, for, for, if for no other reason, just the Oilers get them just so that Colorado can't. <laughs> right, well, yeah. Well, that's a good question, Bokane. Um I, I mentioned yesterday Ken Holland did an interview on Oilers Plus saying that Kane is seeing the doctors on Monday and that he basically said hopefully less than two weeks. Tim Peel, who I've interviewed a couple of times, yep. former referee, and did have a bit of a scoop on Kane when he signed here, said that Kane is going to play Tuesday. I, I don't know if it's going to be that quick. So but they're going to have to clear, uh, well, b- about a little over $4 million. I I mean, somebody's somebody might have to go down or be put on waivers. I, I mean, yes, well, he, yeah, I mean, just because he makes three million, like Shore, so Shore's gonna go. Yes, but he's not enough. No, he's only eight fifty. So then you're still gonna send down a little well, over three. In all honesty, it would it would be a so Shore, like if it's Shore and Nima Linen, that's a little over a million and a half. Yeah, and then so you would still need uh, like either a Pulyarvi or a Fogel. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know a whole lot about salary, but uh, it, those two contracts plus someone else. Because Kane makes more than those guys do. It's uh, well, what does Yanmark make? One point. What's the exact amount? One point two five. And he's not going anywhere. Well, not now. No, <laughs> no. Like, like he's actually. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, we might. I, I, I think he's going to play before the bye week and the All Star break. I, I, I mean, I like I liked him, and he's had some good stuff in the past. I just don't know if he actually gets. Does he see the doctor and get cleared for a game the next day? I, I don't know. He might. Well, I guess we're going to find out. Well, I, I can tell you from experience that a player will have a voice in the doctor's decision. So, the, I mean, as long as he can't hurt himself, if Evander Kane goes in there and he's, like, very adamant, you know what, I am 100%. It feels great. Everything's normal. And the doctor, all right, I mean, you're not going to make it any worse. Yeah, it's it's healed as much as it's going to heal, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, the man is a specimen when it comes, like, he is in shape. So, quick healer, he said he was, and here we are, counting the days down to see Evander came back in the lineup. 
Oilers have won three straight, 4-3 over Vegas. You'll hear from Matias Yanmark next on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Get more time. The trigger man was Brett Kulak in a beautifully red situation. Kulak bided his time and then curled it back to Tyson Berry, who rifled it between the defense and Yanmark, who had all kinds of chances against San Jose, gets his fourth of the year, 45 seconds in officially. Yeah, quick start for the Oilers. They go on to beat Vegas 4-3. Yanmark, a goal and an assist. Here he is. Well, we just asked uh, Zach about this. You got four goals this year, only against teams you used to play for. Yeah. That's a story there. Uh, I don't know. It just brings a little out of me, I guess, and then means a little more so that's when you want to score so whenever you go through a little drought uh, these are the games you kind of hope that you come through and just so happen to be like that this year so I'll take it for sure. You played some big games in this building for the home team uh, the guys were just saying we talked to that this building's a little different the momentum swings are a little bigger maybe it's a little bit louder tell me about playing in this building and you know, what's the difference between here and other places? Yeah for sure I mean ever since they came in the league I feel like uh, this building has been great to play in uh, it's rocking and, and so when the crowd gets into it, it, it can shift and then it works the other way too. Uh, so for sure uh, you got to handle the game here uh, and also their team has been really good ever since they came in so that, that's a part of it too. When you come back into this building, what's the first thing that enters your mind? What memory first enters your mind when you come in? Uh, I mean, it's just played here uh, for one and a half years. So, uh, just fun to be back. Uh, obviously, play, play some fun games here. Uh, just nice to be back and then to see uh, some guys out of the ice and, and yeah, just familiarity. What was this? How big was this for you guys to, to win three in a row to close out the trip? Yeah, they didn't go great, I think. Mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, this part of the year for us is kind of where, uh, like, either we go down or we, or we start climbing here. And, and if we're going to climb, we're going we're gonna to have to string wins together and we're going to have to beat teams like this uh, in, in buildings like this to do it. And it's not just today. Uh, it's got to keep going here, going forward. It's one thing to beat Anaheim and San Jose, teams you're supposed to beat, but to come into Vegas, third game in four nights, second back-to-back, and really outplay Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think today... Uh, Felt like a playoff game in, in, in that sense. Uh, the other teams are not easy to beat. They haven't been this year especially, I think. But we're getting to that time of the year where uh, you, you have to uh, get those points. And we did a good job those two games. And then obviously today was a different challenge and we were up to it. But again, uh, this league can change so quick. In, in one week, you can lose two games in a row. And all of a sudden, you've forgotten the wins you put. So you just got to keep your foot going forward. That is Matthias Janmark as the Oilers beat the Golden Knights 4-3. Next game broadcast Tuesday. Home to Seattle. 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on 6.30. Chad. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.